What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here from Business Choreography, and I'm excited that you joined us today because we have an incredible guest to share with you. He's bringing so much wisdom and knowledge to the table. I'm excited to introduce you to him as our, our guest today is Mario Lanzarotti, and as a high-performance coach and TEDx speaker with nearly 1 million views, Mario is focused on helping entrepreneurs make more money in half the time through building an unstoppable mindset. He travels the world on a mission to raise the consciousness of humanity through his masterclasses on conscious leadership and next level mindsets. Guys, I'm so excited to introduce you to him and jump in and dig into all the great stuff. So let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Mario, thank you for joining us on the show today. Michael, thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped. Absolutely. We're going to have a great time. So excited to share your story. I love to jump into kind of how things got started, the backstory, so to speak. What was that rabbit hole moment that you dug in and you were like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to help people with. And tell us a little bit about that from wherever you'd like to start. Yeah. Thank you for that question. So I would like to go back to where I was um, born and raised and that is in Germany. And uh, after high school, I really had no clue what to do with my life. All I knew was I wanted to make money fast and I didn't want to go study because in my opinion, at that point, people that went to study really didn't know how to do, how to work life. So I uh, found one thing that really was appealing to me after watching the movie, Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. And um, I fell in love with the idea of becoming a pilot. And I went all in becoming a pilot Europe, wow. the most prestigious airline that you can get into. And, um, you know, I made it all and I did it. And I remember the first day going into the pilot school, I had this gut wrenching feeling that said, turn around and run. This is not who you are. And now you have to understand at that point, I'd invested one and a half years of time, energy and money wow. into relentlessly studying and preparing myself. And here I show up on the first day and everything inside of me tells turn around and leave. And I was like, this is not going to happen. I'm going to go for it. So I pushed myself to the absolute extent of what I was able to handle, which led me down uh, severe depression, uh, chronic debilitating back pain, and it led me to almost to committing suicide. So I was contemplating suicide for about two weeks and I hit rock bottom. And, you know, in, in Germany at the time, I was so afraid that if people would find out, they would judge me as a failure. So I didn't talk to anybody, not even my girlfriend at the time knew what I was going through and how bad it was for me. And on top of that, I was afraid that if I was spoke to anybody, uh, Lufthansa would find out and they, they would uh, stab me as unfit to fly and my career would be over. So 
in my desperation or today as i like to call it divine intervention i went <laughs> onto youtube and i don't know what i typed in but i found two men tony robbins and les brown and all of a sudden i just was captivated by what they were sharing about mindset and changing your life and changing your beliefs and and i was like what the hell is that i had never heard of the term mindset in my life before and you know Growing up in Germany, Germany is very different from, from the United States. So in Germany, these kind of people like Tony Robbins and Les Brown, they were perceived as scam artists, um, multi-marketing people that just want to take your money and like lots of just judgments around that. But I didn't listen to any of it. I just listened to this day in, day out. And as I listened, something inside of me shifted, Michael, and I found the courage to speak up and to actually say that I am deeply suffering, I'm deeply unhappy in this career, and that's not what I want to do in my life anymore. And at that point in my life, when I saw Tony Robbins, what he was doing with audiences and how he was coaching people and how I, not even being there, got so much out of it, it was like, this is it. One day you're going to help people free their minds from the, from the thoughts and feelings that are holding them back. And that was now, let me think about it, that was now 13 years ago. So I held on to this idea so dearly and it would take me another seven years after that to even get started because then I went to Berlin. I studied fashion management. Uh, I, did an, um, uh, I joined as an intern at a consulting company. The owner made me his business partner because I brought in Uber as a sponsor and became an Uber ambassador. Then I traveled to New York and did another internship during the studies there. And I told myself, well, I became a partner once at someone else's company, so I might as well try this thing again. And I did at the company All and Sundry, a custom shoe brand, which was selling uh, custom shoe brands in an e-commerce online store. And I joined as a co-founder, and my partner and I then, you know, built the company up. We later sold it, and uh, on the side, I was building my coaching all the time. So this is just a nutshell of my story, but I'll, I'll pass it over to you for a moment. Oh my gosh. What a cool story. I, I love it. I had a very similar start. Um, mine was probably about 25 years ago. Uh, and and I remember somebody handing me Tony Robbins' book and it just, you know, I just got sucked in and and it changed the course of my world in, in a very similar way. I, I Wow. So you, you went from being a pilot to now doing stuff in the fashion industry while building a coaching. I mean, holy cow. Did you find that as you started to do the things that really resonated with, with you, that you started getting better? Did you feel better mentally? Did you feel better physically once you made that shift? Radically. I mean, Michael, you have to understand when I was going through Lufthansa, I had a, a slip disc which caused me to be in debilitating pain for one and a half years. I was only 21 years old, but I couldn't sit, stand or sleep without pain. It was like somebody was putting a knife in, in, into my leg, into my back. And I went to all the specialists, four or five different doctors. They all suggested different things. The last one was one of the most renowned or is one of the most re renowned back surgeons in Germany. He put me into the MRI scan and he said, oh, my goodness. He said, I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, my goodness. He's like, this is bad. We got to perform, perform surgery now, like ASAP. And I'm like, dude, I'm 21. What? Do you, what? No. 
So he said, well, if you're not going to do it, you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. And I said, okay, watch me. So that's when I changed my life. And the moment I understood how the mind operates and how feelings affect your body, my healing process began. And today I can say that I have zero back problems, nothing, nada. And I healed that. So working on my mindset and working on understanding on how my inner my inner world works and how it affects my outer world just dramatically improved everything i mean again i was the one of the most successful students in my at my university i went from intern to partner twice like i i was consuming those books michael i wasn't you know i wasn't actively coaching people because i didn't know how to but i was just absorbing every single word like it, it was so extreme i remember a few years ago my fiance and i we went to an event in london with tony robbins unleash the power within and he would give some one of his signature speeches and stories and i would sit there and recite the story and the words and my fiance looks at me and she's like oh god you're so weird and then the people around me start laughing and giggling she said yeah yeah he really likes tony robbins i'm like yeah, I, you know i really took it on and it it dramatically improved the way that i felt i was more focused i felt more at peace i i had ways to deal with stress and and difficult emotions i became a way better communicator like communication became one of my strong suits. And obviously, when you're good at communicating, you're good at sales, you're good at leading and delegating. So everything improved. Yeah, no doubt. Let's talk about that moment when you had to gain and muster up the courage to leave your pilot duties and make a change. Like that moment must have been uh, difficult. How did you, how did you do that? How did you gain and muster up the courage at that point? I mean, that was early in the process. So you hadn't learned yeah. a lot of these, you had just started to get in, like, how did you yeah. gain and, and get that courage to be able yeah. to move forward and make that choice? So it was a point in my life where, as I said earlier, I was contemplating suicide because the idea of quitting this career wasn't an option for me because in my mind, I was like, if I quit, I will throw away the biggest opportunity of my life. Everybody is going to judge me. My family is going to disown me. Like I just made up a lot of stories in my mind that were not based in the truth. But either way, I was so locked into that. And for me, the option of committing suicide started be being more attractive than quitting this career. That's how extreme wow. it was. But when I listened to Les Brown's story, specifically Les Brown's story on how he came from being a foster kid to inspiring millions over the world. I'm like, if this guy can do it, who grew up essentially without a family, without all the luxuries that I received and that I still have, then I think I can do this as well. And, you know, the Tony Robbins started, you know, Les Brown started saying it's possible. There's one of his speeches on YouTube, which is a huge speech. He just go, it's possible. It's possible. And I started affirming that every day. I was like, it's possible. I can change. And so at some point, I said to myself, you know, there's a reason why I'm at this point in my life. And the reason is not for me to just check out and die. The reason is for me to make a comeback and share this with the world. And because I saw here are two men that out of their deepest suffering, they created an incredible business that impacts million, millions and, and potentially even billions. I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. And I just went for it. And I said, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to let the chips fall and see wherever they take me. 
And that was the step. This is a huge, huge moment because I, I feel like as you tell your story and as you've shared with us kind of what you went through, I feel like there's so many entrepreneurs out there and business owners that maybe have found themselves down the path and having invested so much time and energy and maybe even so much belief from their their peers, their family, themselves. And all of a sudden they find themselves in that same exact situation where they just feel immobilized and that maybe an alternative option of not being around anymore might seem a little bit better than than doing something to change that. And I feel like, you know, what you've shared is huge. And And maybe what would be your advice to somebody in that space right now? That, that's in that moment and in that place where they're like, you know, this is happening. I don't love it. I maybe hate what I'm doing. You know, everything's kind of falling apart. What would you say to them being able to look at it now in hindsight? So that's a great question. And I would say what today, looking back, why I suffered so much was because I was living what I coined the should life. You're not, I wasn't really inherently asking myself, how do I want to live my life? I was living according to, well, if I become this pilot that everybody will respect me and that I'm the big dog and then finally got it all figured out. But that wasn't an inherent internal desire of mine. I just wanted the recognition, the money and the respect. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs in the same place. They are operating their business from a place of what should I do? Look at their marketing strategy. That's where it starts, right? That's, oh, the Bob is doing, you know, is, is, is generating six figures just from his uh, um, Twitter and YouTube strategy. And then you're like, but I, I hate YouTube and Twitter. I hate it. I don't <laughs> want to be on social media. Oh, but I should be. And so what happens is now entrepreneurs invest money and time and energy into should strategies. And I find you are missing out on so much innovation and creativity. I did this for a long time in my life where I followed the advice of the, all the gurus that told me this is how you should do business, and it wasn't working out. And then I sat down and asked, what would be fun for Mario to market? And I said, well, what, what I would love is just do lots of workshops and be part of masterminds and just show up and deliver for people, and then you take my clients this way. Boom. That's how I, that's how I got all my clients. I built a six-figure business just through referrals just through doing what I love. So what I do is fun. So I'd say the first step is taking inventory and asking yourself, are you doing it because you genuinely want to do it? Or are you doing it because you should think you should do it? So if you're doing it from a place of should, you are operating from a place of fear. Your nervous system is triggered, which means you are, I like to compare entrepreneurship to a marathon, right? We're all running the marathon. You, I, all of us, right? Whether we like it or not, we are running this marathon. However, there's many of us that just say, okay, let me run this marathon, but hmm, let me put extra 200 pounds on my shoulders. Why? Because then I can be right about this is really, really hard and it has to be all about suffering and grinding. It's like, but that doesn't make any sense. And so an entrepreneur that has been creating a level of success from this place, which is about hardship and suffering, imagine what you could do, Michael. If now you start bringing more ease, if now you start bringing in more fun and more joy, how much more successful could you be with that? And that to me at some point just becomes the obvious choice for me to say, 
you know, let me just make it a lot easier because I have many more internal resources available that I can invest into creating way better results. That makes so much sense. And what would you say to, I, I loved the part where you were talking about putting in a lot of hard work and shifting to a space of loving what you do and finding the ease and being able to move forward. I mean, there's so many of us that have grown up with that beaten into us. You work hard, you put in the time, you grind it out, and that's what creates success. So how can you help us all stop putting in that grind and, and allowing that ease and that love to find its way to us? What, what would you say yeah. that we should do? Yeah. So first of all, I would say you have to realize that most people, most entrepreneurs are afraid of peace and ease. And I use those words very specifically, are afraid of it because there's this stigma. As soon as you say, yeah, just more peace, more fun, more joy, laziness. I'll just be lying on the couch, watching Netflix, eating Cheetos, doing nothing. Really? It, well, if that's your next logical conclusion, then maybe what you're doing is not really what you what you want to be doing with your life. But in most cases, that's just a mind story. And what's really happening is the more you align yourself with what's fun, guess what? The more you'll do of it because that's fun because you want to do more, right? So I would say, first of all, get real with yourself that there's a big part of you that doesn't want that. You, just, you might tell yourself, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I read it in a book. You know, you got to get into the flow state. That sounds really cool. But you don't really want that because you're par paranoid that your, your entire system and how you created success is going to fall apart. That's one. Two is what I would do is because don't just take it from me. Look at, look at some of the people that are performing at the highest level over the longest periods of time. Who are those people? Shaolin monks. A Shaolin monk will never say to you, oh, I'm just going to grind it. I'm just going to bust it, man. I'm just going to push it. A Shaolin monk is at peace. They have inner peace. And with that peace, they perform things where most of us are just, just like, is this CGI? Is this guy really balancing uh, on a sword, on a tip of the sword with his pinky tinger, uh, finger and, 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 you know, and playing the trampoline at the same time? You know, crazy stuff where we're like, what, how is this possible? But it's peace. The more peace you have inside of you, the less friction you have, the less you waste energy in, in your business, right? There's a law that I practice with my clients. It's called the law of open cycles. So if you look for all the listeners, I want you to take a look now, if you can, at your computer browser, whatever you're using. And I want you to take a look at how many tabs you have open. Chances are many of you have a lot of them open. See, that gives me an indication of how your mind works because your mind cannot, your mind isn't, isn't doing multitasking. Your mind is switching between tasks all the time. So if you have all those tabs open, guess what? The computer is going to slow down. If you have all these open cycles in your life, guess what? Your computer, your mind is going to slow down. It will become scattered. It will become overwhelmed. So naturally, the way that you produce results in your business are going to decrease. So you need to come to a place where having more peace, which is the opposite of grind it out. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to us a little bit more about finding that thing that you love. I have talked to so many business owners on my journey 
and so many of them are doing what they're doing because they hide behind what I will call an excuse that sure. they don't know what they love and they don't know, maybe they don't love anything. Maybe they don't like to do anything. So they're doing this and yeah. they don't really like doing this either. So how would you address that? And how, how would somebody go about finding that thing that they love to do? Yeah. So that's a great question. And I would say that instead of approaching it from a place of finding it, I would approach it from a place of creating it. And I would ask myself, I would start with small steps because often what you're being told is this, you got to find your life's purpose and leave everything behind and then just join, do that thing. It's like, eh, maybe not, you know, I'd say create a, a bigger sense of meaning and joy in what you're doing. If you're an entrepreneur, there's a very high chance you are working with people. You have people in your, on your team. You have people that you're servicing. There are people. Guess what? The more meaningful connections you have with those people, the more meaningful what you're doing will become. See, meaning is something that we create. Meaning isn't just, oh, look, I found it under this, uh, this, this pot here. It's like, no, you create it. And the best way to create meaning is through connection. And the best way to create connection is through intimacy. And this is where it gets interesting because most entrepreneurs, especially the male ones, have a huge problem with this because what gets in the way is their very sense of identity because the typical entrepreneurial mindset is I got to build up this persona of being this, this man or woman that is, you know, has all the answers, has all the solutions. So intimacy lives in the spectrum of vulnerability. So, which is the opposite, which is where you say, Hey, yeah, I've been feeling a little bit lonely because right? I'm working so much, or I've been feeling overwhelmed or, you know, really anxious. And, if you cannot bring those conversations into the workplace with your own team members, guess what? Everybody will constantly sit on that stuff. Nobody has the courage to admit it. Like I've done lots of work with teams and, and, and communities. And, you know, I'm part of a community called Client Ascension. There's over almost 250 uh, agency owners in there. And every Friday, I'm the mindset coach for them. And these guys are all hustlers, grinders, make it happen, big six, seven figure agencies. When they come into my arena, they break down on a regular basis, crying, tears, liberation. Everybody comes, oh, Mario's sessions are incredible. I feel so good. I'm, I'm feeling so clear now, so focused because we have different conversations. So if you cannot bring those conversations into the, 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 the relationships that you have in your life, they will never become more meaningful. And if they never become more meaningful, you think, oh, the reason I don't feel on purpose or excited is because I'm not doing the one thing. It doesn't matter what you do. It really doesn't matter. You could be making ice cream. It really doesn't matter. It's how you do it. It's what you're bringing to the table. That's where I'm going to uh, stop at, uh, for you this month, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. What do you suppose has been the biggest challenge in switching from working for someone when you were a pilot to working on your own and, and running your own successful business? What, what's been the big shift there? One word, taking responsibility radically. I mean, that one, holy cow. It was so, it's so much easier to work for other people because 
you don't have to take responsibility for so many aspects of, of, of what you're doing, right? It's so easy to hide in a, in a company and, you know, just do as much as is expected, but not more of that. But if you're the business owner, you got to take responsibility. And there's a monumental difference, which I also see a lot of entrepreneurs don't get. They think this is my fault. They say that's responsibility. That's not responsibility. That's the actually that's avoiding responsibility. If you say anything is your fault, you're avoiding responsibility. Let's turn the word around. The ability to respond. That's what responsibility means. But what happens if you blame yourself, meaning you hit yourself in the face? You become reactive. You cannot respond because your, your, your triggers come up. So you just do the same thing that you've always been doing. So responsibility means taking an honest inventory without blaming yourself. And that for me was really difficult because we live in a scarcity world. We live in a world where it's all about you know, if you're not doing well, it's your fault. You got to do better. Just push harder. You know, just you got to be constantly grinding. And, and that's a very degenerate language and it works at the expense of our well-being and it's just not conducive to sustainable high levels of performance so i'd say for me it was taking responsibility and owning what i feel and that was uncomfortable that was messy because it's like i don't want to look at my feelings that's it's weird no, no no i don't want to do that i just want to keep going right but at some point you know I can't, couldn't outrun them anymore, and I had to sit down and start investing in coaches, start investing in workshops and seminars where people would help me to look at Mario, not at Mr. Mario, the entrepreneur, speaker, or coach, but Mario, the human being. And that's where I see a lot of entrepreneurs not investing enough time, money, and energy in because they're really afraid of what's going to come up if they open up that box. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's interesting to be able to take a look at that as an entrepreneur and, and be able to step up and have that vulnerability. But I feel like in the stuff that you've mentioned and talked about today so far that that it's very inviting and it's very opening the door and very inclusive and and hopefully that's making its way to the ears of our listeners what do you think at this stage in the development of mindset and personal development what do you think is the next new uh, direction for i mean this is kind of epic but the next new direction for our human race in terms of improving our mindset and improving the direction we're going we've had the greats like anthony robbins and les brown and those before him yeah. like napoleon hill and and some of the incredible leaders that have been trying to get this mindset education across to the population over centuries but i feel like now with information traveling as fast as it is that we are getting this knowledge out to more and more people. So what do you feel like is next in the evolution of mindset and, and taking ourselves to the next level? Great question. Interesting one. So I, one of the things that I see happening is there's a, a an, um, there's an, an overall availability of, of coaches and speakers and supporters and healers and mentors and whatever you want to call them coming up all over the world. It used to be just the five household names, the titans. 
Now you have 500. Now you have 5,000. You have so many more of them. So it's becoming a lot more um, recognized, this kind of work, and then becoming more normal, more accepted. And I see what's happening right now is there's a merger happening with spirituality, a big one. Because one of the pits, and a lot of people don't talk about this, is self-development work and self-improvement work in its nature is extremely limited. Now, hear me out before people go like, what do you mean, right? I did that and help. it totally changed my life. Yes, it does. It's in, a, it's in what I call it an ego improvement, an ego polishment. You go from, um, I hate myself, an absolute terrible human being to, oh, actually, I'm okay. I like myself, you know? But the thing in that is self-improvement is always based on the notion that you're not good enough. You're, that is the basis of, of it all, right? Because otherwise, why would you have to improve yourself if you didn't feel that you were not good enough? So you can never get away from that. And so when you move into the world of spirituality, and I'm not saying religion, I say spirituality, which I, I feel is a little bit more open. There are all levels to that. Um, but I feel there is a transcendence happening of I my business is my identity. This is who I am to... I am infinite. I am so much bigger than that. I am a multidimensional being that just happens to be named Michael or Mario. And this is just one of the roles that I play in my business, but it's not defining who I am. And I, I feel this is an expansion process that few people are moving into the space at the moment. And I see there are so many opportunities happening because there's also a lot of people drifting more and more into technology, and I I am not a big fan of it. I think this level of technology, what we have, for me personally, more than enough. I can connect with you. You can connect with me. I see you. We see each other. We have great conversations. That's enough, right? So now it's going more into the extreme and becoming more, um, more attached to technology. And so I think it's a little bit of a split that is happening um, more towards the experiential uh, level of entrepreneurship that brings in so many modalities of, of who we are as a human being. No, no longer this, this individual path, but this multifaceted path. Um, like people like I, I've gone into the jungle and sat with, sat with shamans and, and drank uh, psychedelic teas. And before that used to be unheard of. Oh, my goodness, you know, witchcraft. Now it's becoming more mainstream. And we are picking from different elements to create this multi-sensory experience, which really helps people to, you know, to grow exponentially in all kinds of areas of life. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think is the transition. I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs out there and a lot of business owners hear the mindset side and they're like, yeah, 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 but I've got to get revenue up or, oh, I need to fix my marketing or, oh man, I, I really need to, you know, take care of the payroll and get a better an accountant this year. I'll get, I'll deal with mindset later. So what is your thought about talking to these entrepreneurs that, that understand maybe full well that Oh yeah, I definitely need to work on my mindset, but I'll get to that as soon as I get the business earning enough money to do that. Uh, yeah. What would you say to them? <clears throat> I'd say if you don't deal with your mindset, your mindset will deal with you. <laughs> I love I it. Mean, I mean, that I hear from people that truly have no clue what they're saying. 
because mindset is at the core of everything that you do each and every moment. Every move that you are making, every action, every decision that you make is directly affected by your mindset. The, the better, quote unquote, your mindset is, the more towards growth, abundance, expansion, your mind is orientated. Guess what? The more your decisions will be orientated about that. So unless you want to make more money, have better health, better sex, better relationships, feel all over just more, so much more alive unless you want those things you know maybe you want to consider looking into mindset but if you're not interested in that stuff just keep doing what you're doing right i love that <laughs> to, to me it's so obvious <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely well what would it look like uh for one of our guests for one of our listeners, if they wanted to work with you, if they wanted their business to work with you, or if they wanted to individually work with you, what would that look like? Yeah. Thank you for asking that question, Michael. So generally I work one-on-one -on -one with business owners. And one of the first things that we do as a, as a, in a coaching relationship is just to create clarity over what they want, what they really want. Because I find a lot of entrepreneurs, they sort of like, they have something in mind but they're not really fully clear about that, right? They're not really mapping out what would really excite me. So I would look at that and I would look at what is the vision behind that. By vision, I don't just mean we're going to make, we're going to hit 50 million in revenue uh, in 2023 and yada, yada, yada. Now it's like, why is your business, why does your business exist? What's the vision behind that, right? Do you want to be one of the pioneers in your industry? Do you want to um, give uh, revenue to a, a certain certain amount of, of, of revenue to your employees, to a certain um, uh, to a certain social cause, right? What's the picture behind it? Do you want to create generational wealth? Do you want to build schools, right? What do you want to do? And I find so many entrepreneurs operate so in such a limited space where it's just like, yeah, I just want to make some more money. I just want to hire more people. Really? That's it? That's why you decided to become an entrepreneur? And so we figure out that. And then the next thing is I look at how are they sabotaging themselves from reaching what they say they want to do? See, there's two, two viewpoints I can take. I can listen to your words and you say, oh, yeah, I want to double my business. I want to hire more people and have a lot less time uh, in the business and more time on the business. And then I look at your habits and your actions and they tell me the opposite story. Which one do I believe? Right? I believe your habits. So then I take a look at how are you actually unconsciously sabotaging yourself? How are you sabotaging more success? So we look at that, we go into that, and then we create an awareness around it. And then we create habits and, and, and insights to help you break through those limiting factors. And then we align more of the business uh, according to your zone of genius. Because I find this is what I see so many entrepreneurs fall into. They suck at drawing boundaries, right? They say they have boundaries. Oh, yeah, you know, you can only reach me from then to then. And then, but then somebody says, oh, boss, this is really important. Or a client, hey, I wanted to speak to you directly. Or they want to shift their ideal target uh, customer, right? They want to double their prices, but they keep going back to the old one. They don't hold up their boundaries, right? They're not protected. They're not operating in a very narrow space where they can make high, high level decisions and move the needle forward in only the way that the owner can do. They're just everywhere. And that shit needs to stop. Excuse my French. But unless that doesn't stop, you will never get out of this 
overwhelmed, burned out position that you may find yourself in at times and get into this high level flow um, executive position where you can have actual freedom and create more of the wealth that you desire and deserve. I love that. So that being said, I know you and I could jam out on mindset and, <laughs> and human development for hours. And, uh, but how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to, if they'd like to work with you and, and jump in and dig in a little bit deeper? Yeah. So I would say one of the best ways to reach out to me is through LinkedIn. And before I would, before even considering whether you want to work with me or not, I genuinely want to connect with people that found this conversation interesting. And I would love to hear from you. What about that you heard us share today spoke to you the most and what didn't, where were you like, how dare you say that? Right. Where you, where, where did you get triggered? I genuinely care about making connections with interesting people that have interesting questions and things to share. So Connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, Twitter is good as well. Uh, I just got started there, so my audience is relatively small. Um, but I'm focusing a lot on Twitter at the moment. My website is just my name, MarioLanzarotti.com. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing more from you. That's amazing. I appreciate you sharing that with us and uh, and letting us know how we can get in touch. And guys, all of you listening. You probably heard some things. I hope you took some notes. There were some really incredible gems in there for you to take and utilize and start using right away. But guys, if you're ready to jump in and you're ready to take the next step and, and really get yourself to that next level, make sure you reach out and uh, and get the ship moving. You know, it doesn't, doesn't take long to get it going and uh, reach out and get something done, right? You're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. Take some action get the thing done. Mario, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share with us your wisdom and experience. We appreciate you so much. Michael, thank you so much for having me on. I had a lot of fun and I look forward to listening to the full conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.